This episode of Tend Her Wild is being sponsored by Revival in downtown Iowa City. Revival is a woman-owned apparel and clothing store for women with a curated selection of new and used vintage clothing. A place where a group of badass ladies can help you own your own personal expression no matter the budget. Revival is independently owned and operated by Sheila Davison, who is a fierce advocate for women's health rights. We love you, Sheila. Inspired by the question, we ask each of our guests, we partnered with local jewelry designer Made Community to create a special earring design called the Door Collection. You can find these pieces in store or online at Revival, Iowa City this season. Which door did you go through to become a wild woman? You can wear the earrings that match that. Who were you before you lost your wild self? That's what we're helping you explore on the Tend Her Wild podcast. Through questions and tools around how best to listen to your inner voice, rewild ourselves, and live the most authentic life where we thrive instead of survive. I'm Betsy. And I'm Kate. And we're so glad you've joined us for this episode. Welcome, Tender Wild listeners. In today's episode, Betsy and I are going to dig into dreams. One of my favorite topics. Yes. Betsy has always been the one I go to when I have a weird dream to try to help me figure out what it mm-hmm. means. And I know you do that for a lot of other people, um, as well as yourself. It's kind of been a way to, yeah. to uncover things for yeah. yourself. So Carl Jung calls dreams the most important and most obvious results of unconscious psychic processes. That's right. So essentially, uh, you know, our unconscious or our subconscious mind is a huge part of us. It's a huge part of how we see the world, process the world, make decisions. But our unconscious is unconscious. So it's like we can't just tap into it willy-nilly at any time we want right. per se like there there's certain tools and things that can take you into the unconscious but the more we understand our unconscious the more we understand ourselves mm-hmm. right the more I think agency we have um, and so getting to know your unconscious is a big part of I think our process of evolution and our maybe our rewilding process mm-hmm. we could say and dreams are such a direct link to your unconscious mind. Everything that's coming up in a dream is content from your unconscious mind. And so it's such a beautiful, I think, efficient way to make contact. Because of course we can tap right. into our unconscious like in meditation or, you know, in in um you know, daydreaming, free association, but like a dream is like such a boom, let's give you a Mm -hmm. bunch of content from your unconscious mind to understand about yourself in whatever situation you're in. Yeah. And I'm, I've always been someone who dreams a lot. Uh, and often I would, you know, share a dream or with my husband, or I would say I had this dream because I didn't want to lose it. Yeah. So sometimes there's this sense of like, this means something. Yes. And so I need Always. to say it out loud or write it down. Yes. Because it feels like this gift you get that if you just kind of let it go, 
you it don't, goes away. It, it floats gone. away. Yeah. And I agree. It is a gift. In fact, um, I did almost seven years of dream analysis with a therapist on the East Coast. So I, about the age of 40, I started in on looking at my dreams in a like weekly consistent way. And um, this therapist was amazing. She changed my life. And she would always say to me, Betsy, dreams are a gift from God. And what she meant by that is whatever your definition of God is, like they are a gift from your highest mind. They are a gift from some bigger, wiser source. And so it really behooves you to understand them and to use your dreams. Like, don't just like forget about them and let them float through. Like, it is a gift when you wake up and have a dream. So use it. It's like a download. It's It's a total download. Yeah. So the fact, Kate, that you have always been someone who remembers your dreams, that is a gift because we'll talk here in a moment. Sometimes people just like, I don't dream. I don't remember my dreams. I don't know my dreams. So you've been an avid dreamer. I, didn't, mm. I don't know if I really knew yeah. how prolific your dream life is. Yeah, I, I probably dream, wake up with a dream memory half the time. Wow. Yeah. So almost every single morning you will wake up or half the morning yeah. you'll wake up with a dream. Yeah. Do you have a consistent practice of like writing them down, journaling them, putting them in your phone? No, I don't. I need, I should, but I, I'm more of a, guess what I dreamed last night, whoever will listen <laughs> uh, kind of person. And then, uh, and then I might, you know, Google or yeah. I, I know several yeah. times I've come to you and been like, what do you think this means? Yeah. Um, so I do seek answers for not all of them, yeah. but if one is really striking to me, um, but I often say them out loud because I find if I say it out loud, then it becomes part of me somehow. And later in the day, I'll say, you know, I bet this is why. Mm. But if I don't say it or write it, then it just does evaporate. Disappear. Absolutely. And I'll, rem- I'll think like at noon, gosh, what was the dream? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, mm-hmm. it's for me, it's gone that fast. Oh, it, it dreams disappear. They say within the first three to four minutes of when you wake up. Oh, it's that So fast. unless you click into it, you remember some image of it, you try to remember aspects of it, it it's gone. Yeah. So yeah, it's really, so I'm going to challenge you because the fact that you dream about half the time. If you could really start a consistent practice of writing them down, you, because what dreams start to show us is the landscape of our own interior. So the fact that you're, you've gotten over the biggest hurdle, which is just remembering your dreams and they come to you consistently. So I think if you would start to consistently keep track of them, you are going to have a whole new vantage point about your interior which you've already been on a journey of self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Just think how much this could add a brand new layer yeah. of awareness. Yeah. <gasps> I'm so excited for you. Well, I have, and, and this is probably kind of related, but I, I remember learning that your subconscious works all night long. It works 24-7, 24/7. It's always. And that's why sometimes we wake up in the middle of the night with an answer to something that yeah. we couldn't remember during the day. Yeah. So I often tell people in coaching, if they're trying to make a big decision or if there's, you know, to, to ask the question before you fall asleep yeah, and your brain will work on it. Absolutely. And so that creative subconscious, which I'm guessing is all interrelated with dreaming too, um, 
yeah, I need to, I need to leverage it. Cause I, I, throughout my life, I have at certain points, but I haven't, it would be interesting for me to, to be very consistent with it, to start to see the themes and the, I agree. Like, I feel like you use it, but you haven't tapped into its full potential, potential. in your life. Yeah. And if you did, it might really open up some new doors for you. Yeah. And it's interesting that you give to your clients sort of the encouragement, like don't make a decision, sleep on it. I just said that to my son this week. He was facing a big decision about whether to drop a class or not. And I was like, well, why don't you sleep on it and ask for a dream and see what happens and figure it out the next day? Because I I think that is really true. Your mind Mm -hmm. works through some of the details in the middle of the night. But there's a bunch of historical accounts of people who have had major downloads or content come to them through their dreams. And a couple of the examples are the man who created the periodic table of elements, he dreamed that. Um, Mary Shelley uh, dreamed Frankenstein. Um, There's a Beatles song that came to, I think it was yesterday. I think it was. Yeah, he he dreamed that. John Lennon dreamed Mm -hmm. yesterday. Um, The person who created the sewing machine, that came through a dream. So the creativity. The, yes. Is, so it's sort of like these these ideas that probably, so maybe we should start with saying that when we dream, we go into the unconscious mind and we have a personal unconscious and a collective unconscious. So our personal unconscious is all of our stuff. It's stuff that we've repressed or we won't look at or things we don't remember that happened to us. That's all sort of pushed into our own personal unconscious. But we have a collective unconscious, which is essentially the unconscious mind of like humanity. Mm. And so that's where all the archetypal energies live. And that's, I think, where sort of these inventions and these memories and these downloads are in that collective unconscious. And so when we dream, it's like we tap into this like storehouse of knowledge and wisdom from generations. And so that's why I think people... I mean, who could dream up the periodic table of elements? I mean, come on, yeah. right? That that was bigger than that person. Right. But they, in their dream, tapped into the collective unconscious and then came back with this amazing knowing. I have this image in my mind of like two big trunks, like <laughs> one of those old trunks yeah. in the attic. Like the steamer trunks. Yeah. And that, in, that we have maybe two of those, you mm-hmm. know, one's the personal and one's the collective, but it's like at night you have the opportunity to dig in and yeah. explore and pull things out and examine yes. them. And, um, so we shouldn't be afraid of our dreams. No. And I think if I can make any point today, it would be this, that there are no bad dreams. Um, every dream wishes you well, every dream is a gift trying to give you content and knowledge and awareness of something going on in your life in that moment. So even dreams that feel like nightmares, even dreams that wake us up in a cold sweat, um, they're there to sort of try to guide us to our truth. So there aren't bad, bad dreams. Now, Right. We have scary images that come up. We get chased by monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a point in my dream work with my therapist where I was having all these dreams about murderers. Like they were coming after you or you? Well, were- in my dreams, 
there were murderers and they were murdering young women. And I often was like observing um, or I could, I knew where they were going to, the murderer was going to be, or I would be in the house with the murderer. But the, this is the crazy part is the murderer was never coming after me, but the murderer was going after women in my dream that I was observing or friends or so I was. And so of course I'm like freaked out. What does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? And, um, in a moment when we talk about how to analyze our dreams, I'll get to this idea that everything in a dream is you, but what my therapist helped me really see that these murderer dreams were so positive. She was like, these are great dreams. (laughs) These are so positive. And I'm like, what, what What are you talking about? And essentially what I learned over time is that there was a part of me that was murdering off or killing off aspects of myself that I no longer needed. So in these dreams, often the women or the figures that were getting murdered were these very like Barbie doll-esque characters. Like they were overly made up and they were, you know, like like airbrushed and perfect and right. And, and, they, were and they were young. And so those are aspects of me you. that my psyche was like, you don't need that anymore. You don't need to be plastic anymore. You don't need to, you know, that, that Barbie doll feeling of like perfection. Like you got to like cut through all of that and let it go. So the murderer was positive. The murderer was me killing off these old outdated versions of me. So see, it's, it was such a good dream, but on the surface you wake up and you're like, Oh my God, this must murder mean, in my dreams. Yeah, this must mean I'm, I yeah. would, I would look ahead and be like, this is a sign. Yes. Like, yes. Something's going to happen to me at some point, And I, I it's, it's a warning or yeah. something. So. so that brings up a great point. Can we talk about that for a moment? There are many types of dreams. There is one type of dream, which is a precognitive dream, which is what I'm, what you just said that the dream comes to give us information about a future event, Mm. right? Because dreams are coming from the unconscious mind, which this is, we're going to get out there a little bit, but the unconscious mind is beyond space and time. It's doesn't, it's not really in time. So the subconscious mind sort of just knows the past, the future, the right. It's all mixed up. It's all right. And so these precognitive dreams, your, your psyche is giving you some information or some clues about something that can happen. And we, people report these like, uh, Abraham Lincoln mm-hmm. dreamed that he was going to get assassinated, right? He wrote that in yeah. one of his journals. So people do have precognitive dreams. So that's one type. They're pretty rare. Like I think I read somewhere one percent of dreams are like precognitive dreams, but they're yeah. they're pretty rare. Most of our dreams are our psyche trying to work out things that are going on in our lives, like taking our life and giving us symbols, giving us like clues, giving us nuggets of truth that we have to figure out what the dream means. So that's what most of it is. And then there are also dreams where people get visited by. Mm-hmm family members that have passed and you hear this, it's not uncommon. And, and so dreams where someone shows up that's passed, it, it's a distinctly, at least people I've worked with, it's distinctly different experience. So let's say your father died. 
you can have a lot of dreams with your father in it, but those dreams can often be symbolic of the father energy in you. But someone has a distinctly different experience when it's a visitation, when it's actually the energy of this other person that's coming to them to give them a message or let them know I'm okay or I'm still here. Or, And I always wonder, does that only happen shortly after someone leaves or can that happen years later? I mean, is there yeah, a period a where people are their energy and their spirit is, is here. And then it starts to, I always wonder that. I don't know. I, 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 I have my own theory about it, but I don't, I don't know. So I don't want to be an expert on this. I do think that after someone passes, their energy is very present and often in the midst of very deep grief, loved ones will come to their loved ones still living and give them some kind of a message. Like I'm okay. I'm still here. I love you all as well. Um, but I, you know, I do think it's possible because again, we have a concept when we're in human form of what time is. And then right outside of being in a human body time doesn't, doesn't really exist. exist. And so I think you can probably get visited by a, potentially loved one that's passed anytime. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? It is. Yeah. And, and comforting in, in a way too, Mm -hmm. that, um, that dreams can in some ways are designed to protect us and to help us and to support us to help us, which is, you know, makes it, it just feels more nurturing and nourishing to think about it like that. Yeah. So let's start out with helping people figure out how to remember their dreams, because that's the biggest thing I hear is people are like, oh, this is so cool. I want to use my dreams. I want to understand my dreams. But how do I remember them? Yeah. Um, Like, do do your family members, do they remember their dreams? Once in a while, my kids will share a dream with me that they have. Um, But we don't have a practice of it's usually just if it's something outrageous or, you know, they have questions about something. Yeah. I'm probably the one in You're the, the house. You're the most avid dreamer <laughs> yeah, in the house. Yeah. yeah, and if anyone will listen to me, I'll tell them. But, um, <laughs> uh, but so writing them down, I assume. Is yeah. So important. there is this like magic liminal time, three to four minutes after you wake up. So the one of the key points is that you need to keep your eyes closed. Because as soon as your eyes open, it's sort of like you you leave that space and you're back in your bedroom. And so like if you can train yourself to keep your eyes closed and then just stay in that, like to me, it feels like a very floaty space where I'm kind of half in sleep. I'm half awake and try to remember the images, try to pull back the symbols like, oh, there was a dog and then there was a bridge and then it was rainy. Like try to pull back some of the details. And usually if you can get a hold of one or two of the images, then sometimes in the story will unfold. And I've even found like if I can pull back a couple images, so I usually try to keep my eyes closed, pull the images back, try to relive it a couple times then I'll wake up and I used to have a dream journal where I would write it down, but now we have these iPhones and I go into my notes and I record, like I speak it or I transcribe it and it's so much faster. And then I can stay in that dreamy state. I can even keep my eyes closed and kind of mm-hmm. transcribe it. Um, but what I notice is that then sometimes I'll get in the shower 
and I'll be showering, which of course a shower sort of like puts you back in sort of a liminal space and then more of the dream will come to me. Right. And isn't water is very tied to emotions? Yeah. Yeah. So I always think that yeah, emotions can help you reconnect. So yeah, keep your eyes closed. Like, and then this is the other big thing. Before you go to sleep at night, say to yourself out loud, I'm asking for a dream and I'm asking that I remember the dream. So it's like you're announcing to yourself, you're announcing to your psyche, you're announcing to the powers that be like, I need a dream. Please bring me a dream. I want to remember my dream. And if you do that kind of consistently at night, asking for dreams, so usually you start to remember it, but it's like you have to coax yourself to remember them because this is key. The ego doesn't want you to remember your dreams. Damn ego. That damn ego, right? It's like, no, 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 no. We don't want it. We don't. Protect ourselves. We, we got to. We like to stay the same. We like mm-hmm. to stay in our ruts. We like to keep things status quo. And if you remember your dreams, you might start to evolve and grow. And just like the ego hates you to meditate. Mm-hmm. And it always tries to pull you out of meditation or convince you you don't need to do it that morning. So, so we have to manifest it. We have to, we have to ask, ask it, request it, intend it. And then in the morning, try to stay in that quiet space to see if some of the images come back. So I know a lot of people talk about symbols in their dreams. They may not remember a whole dream, but they remember, mm-hmm. you know, something showed up for them and that there's some common symbols and that the power of them is, and you've said to me, it's, they're you. Yeah. You talk about so, that. So yeah, this feels like the number. So there's two main points I want to make today. There are no bad dreams or no scary dreams. It's all your soul psyche trying to give you content. But the second thing is everything in a dream is you. And this is if you can understand this and wrap your head around it, it will completely change how you view your dreams. Because dreams are never what they look like on the surface. So let's say, Kate, you dream about your dad and you're at your house and then your brother shows up. This dream has nothing to do with your brother and your dad. This is the aspect of you that is fatherly. It is the aspect of you that is like your brother. So we get these figures that show up in our dreams or we dream about a friend from high school that we haven't thought about in 20 years. And we're like, how come I'm dreaming about Tiffany? That's so weird. Well, it's not Tiffany. It's Tiffany's energy. Like, what was the energy of Tiffany in high school? Well, she was a free bird and she didn't really care what, you know, the principal thought of her. So it's sort of that free, rebellious nature in you that's showing up to give you content. She's just the symbol. She's just the symbol. So everything, the unconscious mind can only speak to us in symbols. So your dream, however someone first states it to you, is never what it looks like. That's why a nightmare always looks horrible. When you start to really pull apart the symbols, it it has a completely different meaning. So all dream work, dream analysis is like getting, making sense of the symbols. Wow. I know. So... I have a, a dream that I shared with you. Do you want yeah. me to bring that up? Yeah, let's go into, yeah, let's do a little dream work today. Yeah. And I think I brought this up to you. It's been about a year that I had this dream that was um, so, it's still so vivid for me. I was in. Can an, I pause there for a moment? Because mm-hmm. you bring up a great point. So you're an avid dreamer. You wake up, you have a lot of dream content. 
But the dreams that sort of wake us up, we, we wake up in a cold sweat, we wake up remembering every detail of it, or you're a person who rarely dreams and suddenly you get this like big dream that you remember, those are the ones that you want to write down, you want to remember. Because like for you, you dream a lot and there's a lot of great content coming in, but you're not analyzing every bit of it. But when you have a dream that wakes you up, that you can't stop thinking about it. It stays with you all day or a recurrent dream. Recurrent dreams are really huge. If you keep having the same dream, there is a big symbol. There is a big message for you. So really pay attention. So I'm sorry to interrupt you, but no. when you said like, I have this really vivid dream, when you have a vivid, clear, big dream, pay attention, write it down, analyze it, talk to someone about it. Because those, I think, are when your psyche's really like, Kate, wake you up. I've got a big yeah. message for you. Please listen. Yeah. Yeah. I was in, actually, I was out of town in this old hotel that's um, kind of a famous old hotel. And this is real life. This real is life. a part of the dream. I, so yeah, you literally, literally are in sleeping, real life in a hotel away yeah, from sleeping home. Sleeping in a okay. hotel. So I was alone. And in the, and the, the hotel was kind of toward, you know, middle of COVID, maybe a little bit after vaccines, but it was empty. The hotel mm. was very empty. So I was already a little bit like, it was kind of odd to be in this hotel. And as I was falling asleep, I could sense like so much energy in this mm. hotel room. Mm -hmm. um, creaking. And it, and and it was I knew an there was old no hotel. You were telling me like, <laughs> yeah. it's an old historic, historic. Frank Lloyd Wright kind mm -hmm. of yeah. hotel. So, so I was like, "Whoa, there, there's, there's stuff going on. Stuff here. is here, yeah." Because I knew it wasn't people. Because the desk clerk had told me there's only like two people here. <laughs> You're so the I'm only like, one staying here. There are. It's not people. Like people, like live people. The sounds. You mean that the you were sounds, hearing? Sounds. Yes. Yeah. It was not. Yeah. So, um, my dream uh, was about a, a deer coming to me, and it was a buck. It had, you know, antlers. antlers. And the deer was on, I told you, kind of the right side of my bed. And I, it, it was one of those where I, it's like I couldn't wake up. I was afraid to wake up because I, that deer was right there. And mm. I knew when I opened my eyes, the deer would be right there. Like staring right staring at Staring at me within inches. Like that was the presence I felt. Mm. And... I don't, you know, everything seems like it takes longer, but it felt like through the night, I just wouldn't let myself wake up. And yeah. sometimes you want to wake up from a dream. You're like yeah. begging yourself to wake up, but I was afraid to open my eyes. And, um, and it was just, it was. And so since that time, I feel like deer keep showing up for me. I told you this, mm -hmm. we talked about this yesterday that I was going to share this dream. This morning I walked down our stairs and out our front door was a deer about five feet from me. Mm. So, um, yeah. And so I've since kind of talked to you about it and, you know, my grandfather was kind of also part of this dream. There was there, he, I felt him, he's passed away many years ago, but I felt him and I have a connection with him and deer. Like he was the one that would talk to me about deer. So there's something with okay. him that's, that's there too, but Okay, so I'm going to take you back to this dream because um, one of the important things when you're listening to a dream, like let's say you're listening to one of your friend's dreams 
or you're doing like an analysis of your own dream is what is the first line that you say? And I believe what you said is there was a deer right next to me. Is that basically the first line, right? So we know that that is like, that's what we really want to hone in on is okay. First line. There's a, there's a, there's a deer on my right side and I'm actually scared to open my eyes because it's so close to me and it's looking at me and I'm actually scared. So that's the second thing you want to do is really examine like what's the emotions that come up in this dream. So for you, it sounds like there was like some fear, like I don't really want to look at this deer. Mm -hmm. What do you also remember what else you felt in that dream or upon awakening from that dream? Um, well, I had relief when I finally woke up Okay, and realized oh. it wasn't right there. Okay. So there was a lot of fear. Oh yeah. There was a lot of fear that there is a buck mm-hmm. right next to me in this hotel room on my right side. I don't want to see it. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to deal with it. So when you did finally re- wake up, you're, there was relief like, oh, it was just a dream. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You have something more you want to say? Well, I just, I'll let you tell me. I'll see if I, if I have what I believe. Okay. Maybe it may. And so, so in this dream, and this is also interesting because in this dream, you sort of know you're dreaming. Yes. So that's also an interesting thing. When we are awake to the fact that we're dreaming in a dream, there's like an extra layer of consciousness. Like you, you're aware because sometimes we don't know it's a dream until we wake up. But in this dream, you actually know that this is a dream, but you're still, I still, you're still terrified to look. You can, you can see the deer. You even know the deer has antlers. You know, it's a male deer. It's on your right side. The right side's always the masculine side. The left side's always the feminine. So Yeah, it's this big masculine presence on your right side, and you're scared of it. And you know it's somehow affiliated with your grandfather, but it's not like your grandfather is showing up. You just also feel his presence there as well. Yeah, and I feel like he, his presence in the dream was comforting to me. So while I had fear, he was... Okay, he kind of comforted you. Right. Okay. And this dream, um, the other thing that's really key when looking at dreams is like what's going on in your life that day or that week or what what's happening to you that your psyche is like, here, Kate, we're giving you this dream about a male, dream, a male deer. So what do you remember why you were traveling for work? Yeah. What was going on? Yeah, I was actually doing some consulting work and um, I... I was feeling, and I'd kind of had some conversations. I was starting to feel like, you know, I really enjoy this work, but it this is not my day to day job. Um, and I was at this precipice of this was at a time when I was starting to think about letting go of this very masculine role that I had. Mm. And that particular day, looking back, um, I was wrestling with that as I was actually doing this other work and really loving it. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that's all I can really think. Cause I was very, I had, there was a few, few other people there with me, but I was alone in the hotel room 
alone with those thoughts. I didn't really share them with anyone else. Yeah. Okay. So let's first start with the fact that this is a masculine dream. So there are, and we may get to this, there are lots of different, there's about seven different archetypal energies that show up in dreams. And one is the masculine energy, right? Mm -hmm. And masculine energy is about action, doing, taking charge, making things happen, penetration, going for it, right? Like that's the masculine energy. So you have all this masculine energy on your right side and it's quite frankly, scaring you Mm -hmm. and scaring you. And it's coming in the symbol of a deer. And a deer, and and so again, when I'm helping analyze people's dreams, I do not know the symbolism of every object. So I do use Google symbolism, like tell me the symbolism of a deer. When animals show up, I always use the Animal Speak book by Ted Andrews. Um, there are dream dictionaries that have list of symbols, but we have to know that what a general, what the deer means generally might not speak to you. If you have a, like, let's say you've always hated deer, right? So what does this, what, what have you, what do you feel about deer? Like, do you have an opinion about deer? (laughs) Like, yeah. Um, well, my grandfather ironically hunted deer. He was a deer hunter. And so there would be times as a little girl where the deer, he would have gotten a deer that day and it would be hanging outside Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I couldn't look. So you were scared of it even as a little girl. Yeah. But now I live in a very wooded area and there are deer that show up for me on a weekly basis and they're very friendly deer. They They will be very close to us. And so I feel like in some ways I'm making peace with yeah. Um But you were scared of them as a little girl. Well, because I only ever saw them in a state that was scary. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. It was yeah. the hunt, the hunter. But it's interesting that your grandfather's energy was there as a protector for you in that dream. But also your, <clears throat> we could also say that your grandfather clearly was very connected to the spirit of deer. If this is something like he hunts that, you know, like if we look back on the history of being a hunter, you know, our native ancestors would have like really connected to the spirit of buffalo to be able to find the buffalo to, right? So your grandfather had some kind of connection with He very much did. And he was, a, he would, he taught me that through hunting, you're protecting Mm. you know, mm-hmm. the herd because it can't, it cannot overpopulate. And, and there was a, a right sizing. I just remember that lesson. Yeah, that was something. You would try through. to explain that. Yeah. All right. So what a deer means, according to Ted Andrews in his book, his phenomenal book, well-known book, Animals Speak, is that the deer, the deer's main thing is gentleness and innocence. And they are there to show you symbolically a gentle luring to a new adventure. So deer have always captured the imagination of humanity. Um, They're very adaptable. And there's sort of a a magical feeling about deer, even though we, you know, in the Midwest, we see them all the time. So it's interesting because in this dream, you're literally really fearful of this masculine energy. Even a masculine buck probably mm-hmm. wouldn't hurt a human unless you're too close, unless it's right next to your bed. Right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but you have so much fear of it. So what does it mean that like 
what kind of fear was going on to you if there's this buck there saying, like, we're trying to take you to a new adventure? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously, I, I it, it's, yeah, I was scared of, of scared. You were of that. scared of a new adventure. Mm-hmm. You were terrified of it. You didn't want to look at it yet. Right. So just look at what had happened that day. You had out been doing consulting, which is now a year later, we can say, oh yeah, this is what I'm going to do yeah. for my job now. Right. But a year ago, I was terrified of it. I could literally not even open my eyes and look at it. It was right there. It was looming. It was right next to me. And I was so scared of it that I had to keep my eyes tightly closed. I couldn't even let myself go there yet, which was true a year ago. So that dream was showing you the truth in that moment. Mm -hmm. And this is what my dream teacher would always tell me. She said, dreams don't tell you what to do. They just tell you what is. Mm -hmm. So that dream was showing you in that moment the truth of where you were in that moment. And it was absolutely in my estimation, right on. Uh, yeah. Looking back, it, it was. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. It's really- so it's so amazing to dive into these and make sense. In fact, I'm teaching a class right now and people in the last hour of the class, it's a class on the divine feminine and the goddess and people stay on at the end and, and share dreams. And we do like little mini interpretations of it. And it's become like, this popular second hour of like, okay, I had this dream. What does this mean? And people are always, when you can get underneath it and look at the symbols and really figure out what these symbols mean, the dream always blows people's minds. But again, at the surface, without really digging into it and trying to pick apart and understand the symbolism of it, it's just like, why is there a deer in my hotel room? Mm -hmm. That's ridiculous. right? Right? Until you really start to pull it apart and make sense of it. But I will say of every dream I've ever helped someone understand, it's always like when you finally get there, it's like a, there's almost like this sigh. There's almost like a visceral sound that comes out like, oh, that's what it means. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why it is such a gift. Yeah. And, and I even think until recently, I you know, now it feels very good to understand that's where I was, but I even think I avoided digging into too much then. Yeah. I think that's actually why a lot of people can't remember their dreams because on some unconscious level, they're actually resistant or scared to getting messages from their unconscious mind. Mm -hmm. Like they don't want to face that yet. They don't want to understand things. They would rather just stay a little bit numbed out and not you know, not have to deal with any of that. And so I think the ego, again, is great at blocking our memories of our dreams. Um, so I think that's, that's quite common. Yeah. Um, until, it, until the subconscious breaks through with the big message for you. Those are when those big dreams come out and you're like, whoa, I can't, I can remember every detail because your subconscious mind is really trying to say like, hey, Listen. Yeah. It's a little like the the whispers get louder yeah. sometimes too. And I think with dreaming, I've looked back and I'm like, oh, there's a pattern. Yeah. Repetitive dreams, whatever it is, it's yeah. just going to yeah. get louder until we, yeah. until we look at it. I know we have another dream that we're going to look at, but <clears throat> I'm thinking right now that I want to help people understand too. It's sort of like, well, if, if, how do I do this? How do I analyze a dream, right? How do I make sense of a dream? 
So the first thing I would do is that you need to write it all out. The second thing you need to really look at that first line and any kind of emotions that are attached to that dream. Then start to pick apart the symbology of it. And there's sort of three layers. Like there, we can dream about things, we can dream about places, and we can dream about people. And things are kind of the farthest from yourself. So like if you dream about a car, you can figure out the symbolism of the car. A car is about taking us to some place. It's a means of transportation, right? Like you can start to figure out what is the symbolism of this car. But then let's say you dream about a place and that's like getting closer to your personal self. Like I'm in a forest or I'm on top of a mountain and then you can figure out what's the symbolism of the forest. But then in your dream, if you're dreaming about people, that's very close okay. to you, right? So then if I'm in a dream dreaming of my aunt, she's not really my aunt. If I'm dreaming about my Aunt Linda, it's not really my Aunt Linda. It's, my, it's the energy of Aunt Linda that's in me. So Aunt Linda is feisty and she's strong and she's got a really powerful voice. And so that's the, that's the strong, feisty voice in me that's wanting to give me a message. So the more mm. there's people in your dreams, again, it's not, it's not the person, it's not the high school friend, it's not the boyfriend, it's not the husband, it's the husband and you, it's that masculine energy in you. Um, so do you see how there's sort of these layers of how close they're really getting, how personal it is? Yeah. So for you, the deer, that's sort of that second layer I would call a deer sort of a place and envi- part of the environment, Right. Right. But then my grandfather, like the mm-hmm. looking at his life and which I've since done and thought about his path and how it was determined for him. He went off to war, uh, World War II, and his dream of becoming an engineer didn't happen. He came back and he ended up going to the family farm. Mm. And I've, I always knew that he never reached his full potential. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so this is really key. So your grandfather shows up with the deer and he's there sort of protecting you. And here is the symbol of a wise old man who didn't really fully step into his full potential. They're sort of helping you. Mm -hmm. What does that tell you in this? Yeah, I think the message was, it's okay. You're going to be fine. You need to. It's okay to step. Yeah. yeah, You need to, you know follow the deers <laughs> kind of energy to yeah. on a new, yeah. on a new path. And, and yeah, looking back, that was probably about 12 months ago. Um, when you were really in the thick of mm-hmm. thinking about all of this. Yeah. I would also encourage you because the deer showed up for you as a symbol sort of connected to your work or connected to making a decision about your work and that, that, deer, which represents this gentle luring into a new adventure showed up, I would just pay attention for any other time that deer is showing up for you. And so if you, like you woke up this morning and there's a deer that you saw at the window, what are you thinking about in that moment? Is that deer there again as a symbol of making some decisions around your work? Yeah. So, and then the final thing I want to say is that, so you write your dreams out, you figure out your symbols, Work talking it through with a friend or a dream group or a therapist is super helpful because they can really reflect things to you. 
But the final thing is just because a dream has ended doesn't mean that we have to stop working with it. So my dream therapist would often say, okay, here's your dream. Now go back into a meditative, active active imagination state and talk to your murderer. Why are you here? What are you trying to teach me? Why are you going after all the girls at the party? And, and so you can still work with the characters or the situation in the dream and then use your imagination to carry it forth or to see like, you know, sometimes you wake up and you're like, what happened? Why did I wake up in the middle of that dream? Right. We'll go back and use your imagination to kind of create an ending or get more content from the characters about why they showed up for you. Mm-hmm. And I've done that a lot. Like after I've had a dream, I'll go back and I'll imagine an ending or I'll in my journal write to one of the characters and be like, why did you show up? What do I need to know from you? Yeah. Um, and that's, it's amazing what comes through. Yeah, that's great because there are times when I wake up and I'm like, damn, I wanted to finish that. <laughs> I wanted to finish that dream. That was a good one. Yeah. Or I want to see how it ends. And um, so knowing that we do have the power to maybe right away before mm-hmm. it's gone, kind of go back and finish. It's, it's, it just shows, you know, all these answers that are within us, the, the knowledge, the, you know, that, that we can tap into it yeah. is so powerful and scary yeah. too, but very, very powerful. And so even though it's scary, remember all dreams are there, uh, all yeah. good. Yeah. They're all there to help us. Right. Even the ones that seem most terrifying have like really they're there to keep us safe, to help us figure out the, I think the easiest pathway for us. So we should all stop saying bad dream. I had a bad dream last night. Yes, exactly. I had a really enlightening dream last night with all kinds of information in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we did hear from one uh, um, listener about a dream. Great. And you know, I was thinking before we do this final listener dream, let's take a moment to talk about the most common types of dreams okay. because I think people are really going to relate to this and then we can go yeah. into this dream because this dream might, you haven't told me this dream yet. Okay. I don't know anything about this dream, but it might fall into one of these categories. So let's take a minute to talk through yeah. some of the most common types of dreams. Yeah. So two of the most common are falling and being attacked. Yeah. So let's talk first about the falling dream. We've all had it, right? Like Mm. you've jumped off a cliff. You can literally feel that sensation in your body. And what a falling dream. And again, I am not like the expert on this. This is, uh, I have studied dreams for a long time and really come from more of a sort of Jungian perspective, but there are, there's no, there's no right answer. There's no right or wrong here. So this is just an interpretation but falling dreams are like a descent, right? Like you're descending down, like you're hitting rock bottom or you're going into what we might call more of your shadow or more of the darkness. It's There's usually always fear attached with falling, right? So there's something scary and I'm descending down into it. And so again, when there's a falling dream, what am I falling into or what am I descending down into or what I'm, you know, what am I facing that feels really uh, scary, life threatening. Mm-hmm. And then fear of being attacked. That's super common to me. Everyone has a dream of being chased and you're running and you're huffing and puffing and they're almost to get you and then you wake up, right? Um, it's just like anything in life. There's stuff that chases after us. It's our fears, it's our worries. 
Um, and we're all running, like we're all running from something. Yeah. And it's, and again, it's not really the bandit we're running from or the robber we're running from. We're wanting, running from something in ourselves that we don't want to look at. We don't want to confront. We're fearful of, right? So every dream is about ourselves. Mm -hmm. So the robber chasing after you is a part of you that you are so afraid it's going to catch you and harm you in some ways. What about the naked dream? Because we all know that that is a real thing. Is that, isn't that hilarious that we all have that dream? <laughs> yeah. Like you're at the wedding and you're the only one that's naked or you show up. You have, I remember first day of school dreams and like I was yeah. always naked on my first day of school. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. So a naked dream really is like the fear that you have of really being seen. Like your fear of really being seen in your most authentic nature. And, um, how you need to hide that. So like I can think of one of myself at a wedding. I mean, a wedding, like you're dressed up and you've got, you know, like you've got like your persona and your makeup on. And so to be at a wedding, so much fear of like, what if they really see who I am? Yeah. Or first day of school, what if they really see the real Betsy? That's terrifying to me. And so it shows up in, as a dream. Yeah. Flying. Yeah, flying dreams. Well, so this could be one of two things. I mean, if if um, I have a lot of airplane dreams, which are a lot of like, for me, like astral travel dreams, like I'm traveling long distances somewhere. Um, but do you mean, I, I think a common dream is that you literally are flying, right? Like you, you're not in an airplane or Without a, a device. Yeah, you're just flying. Have you had those dreams? I've had and flying dreams. What, what do you, how does it feel to you? Um... It's all, it's usually like a combination of freedom and fear. Like okay. There's, I usually feel both. Yeah. Okay. Like, it's like, you're like, this is exciting yeah. and I'm going to hit something. Yeah. Like all at once. Yeah. And I, yeah, I have flying dreams fairly common. It's one of the few times I actually have lucid dreamed because I love flying dreams so much. I almost universally feel exhilarated. I am like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. And I just want to like fly. And then I'll find like, oh, I can come down over the rooftops and then I can fly high above them. And I love, love, love flying dreams. So when I'm in a flying dream, I'll realize I'm flying and then I'm lucid, right? And then I just keep going. And then I want to like, let's go explore this area. So when I get a flying dream, it's like, I would love to stay there indefinitely. I think I must have been an eagle in a past life or something like that. <laughs> well, and our, our producer Chanel shared that she's a lucid dreamer. Yes. And so I, what is lucid? Yes. I said to Chanel, I'm like, oh my gosh, you are so lucky. Lucid dreaming is when you in the dream realize you're dreaming and then you control the outcome of the dream. Like you take the dream in the direction you want it to go. And there are many books about lucid dreaming and courses and there's some belief that you can teach yourself how to lucid dream. And, um, and the beauty of it is that you are like, you are essentially co-creating with your unconscious mind. So it's so cool that you get to sort of like really create exactly what you want to have happen. So, uh, yeah, like if you are curious about lucid dreaming, I do encourage you to read up on it, learn how to do it. Um, I'm very jealous of Chanel because mm -hmm. the only time I lucid dream is when I'm flying. But to get back to flying, flying is essentially like it's freedom. 
it is uh, ascension. So just like falling is dis- descending, flying is I'm ascending, I'm expanding, I'm rising above all of it. Um, flying is like you get the big picture, like you can get the bird's eye view down of what's really going on. So um, traditionally flying dreams are pretty expansive for people. But I hear your point too of sometimes it can feel terrifying yeah. as well. Yeah. Well, I think sometimes the idea of freedom, true freedom, yeah. you know, we're, we're afraid of that. Yeah, yeah. So, so do you want to do this last dream from a yeah, listener? Yeah, let's do this. So those are some of the basic ones that we just went through. Yeah. 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 Perfect. So yes, let's do a final dream. So I, I have not heard this one yet. No. We put out a call on our Tend Her Wild Facebook page and we... Kate and I have already said that maybe we'll do a part two if yep. other people have dreams they want some guidance on. Yeah. So we did hear from one person. And so this is, yeah. um, this yeah. is the dream. This is the listener. Which I've not heard. So, okay. So there's a little background. Do you want the background of kind of where this person was or do you want me to just do the dream? Yeah, you can give me the background. Okay. So this person had just um, moved to live on a farm in Northern California Hey. They left their job, a very, kind of a stressful job in D.C., and had no idea what was next for them. So they were in a place of kind of trying to figure out their next step. Okay. Um, just as a little context. Right. So the dream was something was chasing her, and she believed trying to hurt her. She was also in a hotel. And so... Because she was being chased, she took a glass elevator up a few floors to try to get away. And then once got out of the elevator, saw the emergency exit. And there were different floors going up and down, and they weren't sure which which stairwell to take. Um, a black cat appeared. But this person felt like they could trust it. And it felt wise and intelligent and led her to the staircase that ultimately allowed her to get out of the hotel. So they woke up feeling safe that they had escaped. Hmm. Oh my gosh, I love dreams. (laughs) Okay. I love, love, love this dream. Okay, so always look at the first line, which is something is chasing me and I fear it's going to hurt me. So again, what we just talked about, super common dream. We're fearful of something. It's trying to get us. But in this dream, it's of course an aspect of this person's self that's chasing after her that she fears is going to hurt her. Um, And so if she were here, I would ask her, you know, well, how do you remember what you felt in the dream, right? So... Something is chasing her and she is in a hotel or she finds her way into a hotel. So what we need to know about a hotel, if we think about the symbolism of a hotel, it's a place that we sleep. It's a place we kind of go to to sleep in a place that's not our home. Temporary. Temporary. It's a temporary place to sleep. And it's collective. So like a hotel is a collective place. It's where lots of people that you don't know are together. Just like a train is a collective way 
to travel versus a car is a very individual way to travel. So a hotel is like a collective of lots of different energies and people, right? So there's lots of different energies and possibilities and people in a hotel. So she's makes sense, right? Here she is. I don't know what I'm doing next. I'm in a hotel. There's like, it's a very collective sort of space. It's not individual. It's super collective. So she takes a glass elevator. So again, what's the symbolism of an elevator of an elevator takes us up and down more quickly than if we were to take the stairs, right? It's a quicker way to move between floors. And in a house or in a hotel or in any kind of building, it's actually really important in your dream to know what floor are you on. Mm. Because ground floor is sort of like, we can think of it as the base of sort of the root, the safety, security, the base, the foundational floor. Basements of a house or hotel are always like the subconscious mind. So if you dream about something in your basement, they're it's, dark. They're really, it's all about what's in your subconscious. Yeah. And then the higher you go in a building, you're going up more into the high mind. You're going up more to spirit, to heaven, to higher realms of thinking. So I would be really curious, like, did she get on the glass elevator on the ground floor? Did she, was she on the third? So that would be something if she were here, okay. I'd ask her. And the elevator's glass. I know, that was interesting. So you can see into it. So it's like this dream is saying you can clearly see the means of transportation that's taking you up and down. Like you get to see all of the ins and outs. You Like it's it's a very transparent, like her dream is saying, we're giving you a transparent vision of, of moving between these different floors, right? So there's something about glass that feels like it's translucent. You can see through it. But it sounds like she takes the glass elevator up. Mm-hmm. So that feels significant to me. She's going up. She's going up into higher mind. She's going up into spirit. She's going up into like a bigger, bigger picture of what's going on in her life, right? Mm -hmm. And she gets out and she sees an emergency exit. So what's interesting is in the dream, she doesn't take the emergency exit. So the dream is saying, like, if you want to get out, just like take the emergency exit. But she didn't. She kind of paused and saw, oh, there's all these options. There's different floors. I can go up. I can go down. There's a stairwell. And then a helpful being shows up. And this is common in dreams that you'll, and this would be in a dream, an archetypal image that shows up. So this isn't like her brother shows up or her grandfather shows up. This is like very archetypal symbolic. Right. And like, what's the symbolism of a black cat? I thought it was, I always thought it was bad, but she didn't. She did. So that's why it's so good to ask someone, what's your feeling? Right. But black cats are magic. They're always associated with like magic and witches and Halloween night. And so uh, there's a very, they're kind of more in that magical liminal space. And it's interesting that often they are given a bad rap, Mm -hmm. but magic shows up. This black cat, this magical being shows up who's got answers, right? Right. And she trusts it. It's she, she describes this cat as wise and intelligent and it leads her to the right path. So this dream is so beautiful because, again, it was showing this person what was going on 
didn't 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 necessarily tell her what to do per se. It just said, this is what's happening, right? Yeah. You're scared. You're running. She sounds like she just showed up at a farm in North Carolina or North Cal- Northern California. She's leaving a stressful job. She doesn't know what's coming next. This dream is saying, yeah, you're running from something. You're scared. You're in now this big building with all kinds of ideas, all kinds of energies. It's very collective. So many options. So many options. There's a thousand ways you can go. Right. So go up, ascend, go up. Now there'll be an opportunity for you to take an emergency exit, but maybe you could just wait because this magical being is going to come who's intelligent and wise. You can trust it and it's going to show you the path. So if I had this dream and I was totally confused and overwhelmed, what am I going to do next? To me, it would be like a symbol of like some peace that like mm. a magical being is going to show up, whether it, I mean, probably not going to show up as a cat, but like a friend or a book or something's going to show up. That's going to take you to what your next path is. And you can trust it. And you can trust it. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? So beautiful. Oh, that was amazing. So fun. Amazing. This was such a great conversation. Thank you for letting me talk about like geek out on oh, something I that it. I love so much. So my encouragement to all of you listeners, I hope what Kate and I have done today is given you some inspiration about the power of your dreams. They are direct messages from your wise and beautiful. We should never be afraid of our subconscious unconscious mind. It has our answers. It has our guidance. It has, I always say our special sauce in it. Like it wants to help us. We often think of it as a scary place, but it's so wise and it's trying to give us information and symbols and answers from our wise mind. So stay alert, ask for those dreams, keep your eyes closed when you wake up, write them down, record them, speak them, tell your friends about them, look up symbols. And we want to offer that we would love to do a dream podcast part two. So if anyone has a dream, maybe a repetitive dream, or maybe a dream that just like you still to this day don't understand what it means, um, send it to us on our website through our ways to contact us. And we would love to maybe help you make some sense because all dreams are good dreams. They all wish us well. Great conversation. Thanks for sharing all this. Yeah, thanks for sharing about your book. And I love that yeah. it, you know, yeah, you're not scared of it anymore. No, it's, I'm, I feel very comforted by the conversation about it today and, and at peace. So beautiful. Thanks for talking about the beauty of dreams. Thanks, Kate. Do you need some rewilding? All of us actually do. Rewilding is what brings us back to our true essence and our most authentic nature. So you might secretly be on this rewilding path, listening to these podcasts or reading books by other wild women. Or you may have been traversing this path for a while. What Kate and I both know so well is that there is something very powerful when we come into community with others who are also doing the work. So for a full week... We would love, Kate and I would love to have you join us in the wilds of Costa Rica. This yoga meditation inner work retreat is not just for women, it's for any human who has desire to clear out the old and tune into your body, heart, and intuition. What you'll get is daily yoga, meditation, healing energy sessions with me, 
a one-on-one coaching session with Kate during the week, time for walks on the beach, kayaking, lying by the pool, amazing organic food, and walks around this gorgeous property in Nosara, Costa Rica. Are you ready to rewild? Are you ready to join with your instinctive life and your deepest knowing? We'd love to have you join us. You can find out all the information on how to do this in the show notes today. Join us. And now the amazing singer-songwriter, Lissy Morris, with Wild West. Thanks for joining us today. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Come back and rewild with us again next week. Safety.